We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the Total Celebrity segment. And, you know, I am very interested in this guy for one reason, because he was on one of my favorite shows, Bosch. But again, he has a great film out right now on Amazon. I'm excited to welcome to the program Ben Milliken of Mighty Oak and much, much more. Ben, thanks for calling. How are you, man? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. All right, let's talk about how you became an actor slash director slash producer, all those different things. Did you think when you were growing up you would be doing this stuff? I didn't, actually. Um, you know, I wasn't a kid that was in drama school and all of that sort of stuff. Um, however, I was the kid that was consistently glued to whatever screen I could find. And, you know, back then it wasn't, you know, cell phones or something like that. So if there was ever, you know, a TV with movie playing, you know, I was there. And it was basically what I had was this, this fascination with, how these people created an entire world and put it on a screen for us to watch. Um, you know, it could be anywhere, anytime. The characters could be anything, you know, and it, the only limits on all of this stuff was people's imagination. So that kind of fascinated me how they made that happen. Um, but throughout high school, you know, I didn't, I, that, I wasn't the best in school kind of thing. And then um, once I finished school, I decided that I was going to go travel around Europe for a couple months. So left Australia, backpacked around Europe. Um, and then while I was away, I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, the world is so big and you can really do whatever you set your mind to, if you just decide that that's what you want to do and yeah, then exactly. you just go for it. And so I was like, well, there's this one thing in my life that's always remained constant. And that was my love and, and obsession with film and television. So after I got home from that trip, I said to myself, you know what, if I'm, if I'm going to be an actor, then, I better make sure that I'm good at it and I better try and become the best actor that I possibly can. So I found an acting class, started doing that. And then you know, the rest is history. A year, a year later I got my first job. And then a year after that, I was over in the States and, and then, you know, here we are now. Exactly. And there you go. And then you're here and what mm -hmm. to do next. I mean, when you decide to go over, that's a leap of faith, right? Because you, not everyone gets an opportunity that they're going to be sitting and being part of Bosch or being part of other shows and getting these opportunities, not just being an extra, as a lot of people come to L.A. and don't have that shot. So you had to have that certain look. You had that certain uh, thing that Hollywood was looking for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess so. I've just been, I've just been like extremely... You know, blessed and and since I arrived here, I've been so fortunate to meet some of the best people, the best people ever, um, who have just that I've been able to connect with, and we've established you know real bonds, and that I'm still extremely close with today, and I consider family. And you know, one of the, my manager, Richard Konigsberg, and my acting coach, uh, Tom Draper, who that all of them, I consider family and extremely close friends. So I think 
what happened was once when I got here, I was just I was just extremely fortunate to just meet great people that that I could work with and uh, you know m- m- and move forward with. All right, so let's talk Mighty Oak uh, and kind of look at specifically enough your role, meaning involved in this. This is your baby in so many ways. So what did you think about being involved in this, and what? How did you come up with this? Um, well, so I came involved with this script, with this film, in the very traditional way. Uh, I auditioned as an actor for the role of Darby. I got the role of Darby. I went and I, I arrived on set as an actor first. Oh, goodness. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't until after we had finished the film that I came on as an executive producer. Um, you know, I was talking to the, a couple of the producers and stuff like that, and, and we figured that I could be, you know, of some help on the back end, and I came on as an, as an AP, and, and yeah, was, was able to help uh, help get the movie out there and where it needed to be. Yeah, see, that's the thing, is when you do a film and it doesn't have the traction, someone like yourself saw this is great potential. I'm an actor, but I don't want to sit this where it's no one's going to see it. So you got as a business person, as an entrepreneur is because everyone in acting needs to become an entrepreneur in some sort of aspect to keep their brand going. Exactly. You just said to them, you know, Hey, I can do more for you. I have connections here. Or I have yeah. connections here. This is really great potential. And I'll go knock on doors and I'll go make phone calls. Yeah whatever I can do. Exactly. And, and, and it wasn't about that. It was about, and it wasn't just, you know, in regards to like, I want my movie to be seen. It was, it was purely because this, this was a really special film. Um, everybody involved in this movie were, they're just all, you know, top shelf people. And I was, all of the work, the hard work, the dedication, Everything that I saw while shooting this movie, I was like, this movie needs to be seen, not just for me, but for everybody that was involved. Um, all these people, their work needs to be done. Um, so I, was, I just basically came to them and I said, look, what, whatever I can do, however I can help, um, just let me know I'm here. You have a pretty interesting cast, too. There's some pretty known people in this cast, right? Oh, the cast is amazing. Yeah, so talk about that. Yeah, uh, the cast. So we had uh, Janelle Parrish, who plays Gina, and she was from Pretty Little Liars and to, the, to all the boys I loved before films. Uh, she's she's in the lead, and then we had uh, Carlos and Alexa Penavega, um, who are also two wonderful, wonderful people. Um, the the boy that plays our lead, Tommy. Reagan, you know, um, I've never seen a kid prodigy quite like this. I mean, like, you yeah. watch the film, every single song in the movie, he wrote himself. Wow. Mm. Yeah, so all these, these songs that we're playing as a band, they're, they're songs that he actually wrote and he actually recorded. And I was, I was like shocked i was so blown away by this kid you know he's picking up guitars and just shredding i was like wow 
this this kid's got something um so yeah it was it was a really really special special cast we we had a really great team interesting point is i'm gonna have three of the stars from pretty little liars liars on my show tomorrow uh so yeah yeah um they have a podcast and we're promoting it. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I, and, and if you ask me to check the different number and things and uh, who I'm interviewing, I'd say, okay, I know I don't want to like spoil it, but everyone needs to tune in by checking me out. All the different interesting celebrity interviews uh, I have all the time. Now, Ben, I also so the, did you mention the entire cast? There was another one that really struck that's a very noticeable na- known name, right, Ben, of the cast? Yeah, Raven Simone. Yes, I was about to bring that up. Yes. Yeah, huge yeah, fan Raven of hers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so- yeah, yeah. She's fan. She's fantastic. I actually didn't have any scenes with her, so I we never actually met. Which is, you know, as you as you'll know, sometimes you you can do a entire film without even meeting the entire. Isn't that cast crazy? You yeah, just, it just it just works out on different days. But um, she's she's fantastic in the movie. She's so funny. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how these these people get to the chance to. Uh, opportunities because of the way this business has changed where they can uh, they can do a lot more projects and a lot more of opportunities yeah. and then get to work with other talent and it really helps a lot of them because some of them might have not been seen in a while and say oh i saw them in another role now i'm going to consider you for this role and ben i think that's always yeah. the reason why you take gigs if it definitely fits your your uh your style and stuff when you're when you go ahead and audition and say this is the right role so I'm sure sometimes you've auditioned and said, no, this is not the right role. Or your agent says, no way, I can't, you, you can't do this. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, for me, it's all where I'm currently at, you know, individually as a person um, and, and the material. It always comes down to the material for me. Um, what's the story? You know, what, ultimately, what story are these filmmakers uh trying to tell um and what role do i play in telling that story and how does that resonate with me and um you know mighty oak was one of the ones where i was where i was really looking to do something where where uh i could be comedic i had a a comedic quirky character you know my my guy is kind of like the comic relief in the film and you know i was i was looking for an opportunity to play that kind of role at that specific time so for me it lined up perfectly um you know i also loved the script uh i just i just thought it was a lot of fun and i just i just felt like you know it's time to do a movie that you know instills hope and and is positive and has a positive message behind it. So that was kind of the the crux of it. Yeah. That was the yeah, that was the driving point behind how this role was so perfect for this time. All right, so let's talk so, about your role and the film really quickly. Mhm. Yeah, so go ahead. Mhm. So Darby is the drummer of the band. Um he's you know, you know how everybody you kind of in every group of friends there's that one guy that he always kind kind of comes in at the end of a conversation with something extremely either inappropriate or yes absolutely hilarious and exactly. oftentimes both both at the same time but 
it's so forgivable because he has this innocence to him. And he has, so this is Darby. He's that guy. But at the, at the heart of this dude is, you know, he loves this band. He loves this group of people. And all he wants to do is play music with this particular group of people all the time. That's, that's his life's mission. That's his goal, ultimate goal, is to just play music with this group of people and that's his dream. So he's kind of like always championing for the next kind of, yes, let's get the band back together. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He's, he's that guy. See, that's, 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 that's perfect. That's awesome. And uh, the band, what kind of music do they play? It's, uh, the band's called Army of Love, and we're uh, rock and roll. Are you a rock and roll fan? Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, my my actual my music taste it, it kind of spans the genres, if you will. Gotcha. Expand- but yeah, I'm a big rock and roll fan. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, when you say the story, what that without giving it away, what makes the story so great that you're so excited about this this project and being an executive producer? What would you say? Without giving it away, um, it's about the timing of a film like this. Um, it deals with things like loss. It deals with things like death. It deals with things like, you know, forming bonds and forming family bonds and 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 holding on to those in times when you need them most, and then leaves you with a lot of hope and for right now I think it's perfect timing for a movie like this because I think we all need a little bit of hope we all need we all need a, a bit of a laugh we all need you know just even if it's for a couple hours yes we do just to maybe just to maybe you know see some light at the end of the tunnel and if and if we if this movie can provide that to some people then that's what I'm excited about agree that unbelievable uh, way to make you feel better about yourself about your life making especially with the challenges to see something that's that's inspirational not damning not yeah just awful just yeah. something just like how we feel 2020 let's have a film that's yeah. going to remind us of 2021 and beyond or 2019 i hate to say it but that's that's the kind of film this is and that's what makes it exciting a film, a film that tells us that it's going to be okay right it's okay to be okay and that's what yeah. we have to be wow mm-hmm. so ben i know that the film is available now on, on amazon is that correct Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play, um, you know, tons of places. So, yeah. Any other projects you want to promote right now, Ben, that's going on? Uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> I, I, should, I should have some. I'm working on a couple things that I'm working on getting off the ground. But, you know, with the whole pandemic and all of that sort of stuff, it's, it's really a just a just a game of waiting to see when we can all go back to work safely and 
and and things like that. So it's a it's an up in the air time. It's a weird time, but you know, I'm hoping some things can uh, can get going pretty soon here. I am too as well, and I think that everyone needs to take what Tyler Perry's been able to do in Atlanta uh, with like a bubble and try to do projects like that. Uh, I've just heard about. Uh, they just filmed the oval in only I interviewed a star from the oval in only like eight days, shot it and put them in quarantine. Yeah. Might have to do yeah. things like that. Uh, that might be the best bet than, you know, prolonging the fact. Uh, but again, you got to get California to okay it or else you got to film somewhere it, else. But the bu- exactly. a bubble works. It really does. And a bubble works. I mean, I have a bubble at my house. <laughs> we, I bubble, I, bu- I bubble my life. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I have, you know, my family, and it's it's we're 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 bubbled up, and it's worked. So awesome. Well, that's it's just about making that a little bigger and and putting it in a work scenario, and I think that could work. Perfect. So Ben, where's the best place we can connect with you? Social media. Where where are where can we follow you and check you out? You can find me on Instagram and at ben.milliken, M-I-L-L-I-K-E-N. Awesome, Ben. I, I got to definitely check out uh, check out Mighty Oak, available now and all uh, everywhere, and check that out. And uh, best of luck with the next project. They will come. Trust me. Just wait. Uh, hopefully, everything disappears in 2021. Let's start counting well, out, not counting so. down the days. So I appreciate you calling. Let's hope so. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. All right. I enjoyed it too. Take care. Thanks again. All right. Bye bye. You listen to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Freedom from Addiction here on Lipson and also are all syndicated platforms in the country. And I'm excited about today's show. Again, what I try to bring in this segment slash show and programs all over the place is something that Wynn Henderson, Reverend Wynn Henderson MD's mission is. Truth just below the surface. And basically thinking about truth just below the surface involving the coronavirus, involving QAnon, involving all these different things that have not reached the mainstream media yet, but trust me, it will. And so that if you listen to this program, you're going to be ahead of the curve in what's happening. So I'm excited to welcome the program, Reverend Wynn Henderson, MD. Wynn, how are you? And uh, excited about our topic for today. Yes, Neil. Um, Our topic for today is what's the correlation between vitamin D deficiency and increased COVID-19 mortality? All right. So that's interesting in a lot of ways uh, to look at that, especially when the mortality rate for people that do not have pre-existing conditions or are, is very low. So it would be interesting to see how those are the mortality rate. So what is vitamin D3 deficiency and how prevalent is it? Well, my research indicates that about 90% of people in the United States are vitamin D deficient. And this deficiency has collided with the COVID-19 pandemic and likely radically increased the number of deaths because of the insufficiency. We know that at least 40% of the population has severe 
vitamin D deficiency as conservatively defined by a blood test. And that blood test indicates that you have 20 nanograms per milliliter or less. So the researchers believe that over 40 nanograms per milliliter is the ideal vitamin D level that you should have on a blood test. And over 95% of children and 87% of adults have less than this ideal level. Wow. That's just, uh, that's uh, very, very interesting in how we can do that. So are there currently studies that prove vitamin D's effectiveness in treating COVID-19? Uh, treating COVID a recent study, Neil, at the University of Chicago of over 4,000 patients found that untreated vitamin D deficiency was associated with an increased risk of COVID-19 infection. Another observational study in Southeast Asia found that of those with a critical or severe case of COVID-19, only 4% had normal vitamin D levels, whereas 96% of those with a mild case had normal vitamin D levels. Another retrospective study involving 780 cases in Indonesia found that vitamin D status was strongly associated with COVID-19 mortality. And uh, it demonstrated a radical reduction in the death rate from COVID-19 as vitamin D levels increased to over 30 um, nanograms per ml. And so what we're saying is, less than 20, severe deficiency, and over 40, you're in the good, good green zone. So what you want to do is get your blood level vitamin D up to those levels. Does vitamin D3 deficiency <coughs> increase your risk of catching COVID-19 and dying from it? Well, yes. Um, there are many reviews that consider the ways in which vitamin D reduces your risk of viral infection. It uh, likely reduces the risk in respiratory infections because it influences several of your immune pathways with the net effect of boosting your mucosal barrier defenses while simultaneously dampening excessive inflammation. Are the, there are studies that say vitamin D supplementation doesn't work? Well, yes, there are, but they're deficient um, in that they have not asked the right questions. So in each of these cases that shows that it doesn't work, there's a common flaw in the study. And so we don't have studies that are well set up that shows that vitamin D doesn't work. Tell us about vitamin D dosing. Well, you need to um, 
you need to input your weight because the dose is somewhat dependent on whether or not you're overweight or not. And um, so there is a website that you can go and look at www.grassrootshealth.net forward slash project forward slash calculator. And what is determined is that virtually there's no risk of taking a dose of 8,000 international units per day. So this seems to be a safe strategy. I found by calling a pharmacist that they have it over the counter and uh, they just had a 10,000 um, dose, but that's fine too. So if you are normal body weight or underweight, you might be able to get by with 1,000 to 2,000 units per day. But if all they've got to offer you over the counter is 10,000, go ahead and take 10,000. Uh, Research has indicated that the, um, the normal dose that I just told you about has no toxic effects. Okay, so that's good to know. So, so there's uh, definitely, uh, it's definitely safe. What is the association between magnesium and vitamin D? Well, over half the population, Neil, does not get enough magnesium in their diet. And far more than half are likely deficient. So magnesium supplementation is recommended when taking vitamin D. Uh, this is because magnesium helps to activate vitamin D as the enzymes that metabolize vitamin D in the liver and kidneys require magnesium. In fact, about half of those taking vitamin D supplements are unable to normalize their vitamin D levels until they take magnesium. So uh, you should... Uh, go to your drugstore and get over-the-counter magnesium at the uh, dosage level that's recommended on the bottle and take it also in addition to the um, vitamin D3. Okay, and I guess, uh, so one, one question I'm asking is what types of, what is good, things to that's natural without taking vitamins that are vitamin that have lots of vitamin D in them. Well, you can't get enough in your routine um, one a day type vitamin combinations. So you need to buy your vitamin D just by itself so that you can make sure that you're getting um, approximately 10,000 units of vitamin D. Uh, same thing with magnesium. Uh, sometimes your regular vitamins will have a little bit magnesium in them, but um, you can um, you can go and just buy magnesium as a supplement and read the directions on the on the bottle to find out. Now, vitamin D and two other supplements are what you need to decrease your chance of getting. COVID, and if you do get it, decreasing your chance of 
dying for, uh, from it. And put your zinc, which you can get over the counter, and a dose of around uh, 50 milligrams per day, and vitamin C. And uh, vitamin C you can get at 1,000 milligrams per day and take two pills a day. That's 2,000 milligrams per day. So that's what you need. You need vitamin D, zinc, and vitamin C, and also uh, a little magnesium. And the last question is, can you test to see if you have low levels of vitamin D through blood work with your doctor? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've got a blood test in right now, and I'm going to find out what my vitamin D3 level is. Do they usually test all those? Do they usually test that when they run a full blood work? No, not generally. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, very great uh, information, Wynn. And uh, best place we can find information on you and go is it, there's a few places. Well, yeah, Neil, um, the, the most productive place would be to come to this podcast and you can tell your friends and the uh, address is www.freedomfromaddiction.libson.com. And you spell Libsyn, L-I-B, as in boy, S-Y-N. Don't put any spaces between the words and don't capitalize it. And that should take you to my most recent podcast, which will be this one uh, in, a, in a few hours. And then you can scroll back to see maybe 200 other podcasts that I've done and, and pick the ones that you're interested in. The other thing is my website is www.revwinhendersonmd.com. A lot of information there also. Well, thanks uh, again for a very informative segment. Truth just below the surface, and I appreciate you coming by. Thank you, Neil. All right, guys, that was the Freedom From Addiction segment plus the Neil Haley Show. Take care, everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Velarde Show. I'm excited to welcome to the program Mike Velarde. Mike, how are you? And uh, this is crazy. I have never seen a country like this in my life. The, the, it's, it's very, I, I could just imagine what's going to happen November 3rd, after November 3rd, if there's no winner chosen. Well, I think there's going to be a winner. I think that's going to be clear. I think even New York could flip because of what's happening in New York City. Um, 350,000 people left the city already. They can't leave quick enough. Uh, Jersey is taking on a ton of people. People are coming to Florida. Uh, they've just had it. I mean, New York City is a shell of what it once was. And I think people are starting to realize this is what happens when you put Democrats in charge. Right. And so this, so you think it's going to come back and backfire on traditional Democrats that will, yes, they have liberal issues. Yes, they do want social issues. However, they want to be protected. And what's, yeah. Of course, absolutely. I mean, look, look at where, they, I just saw a video about the Trenton police. They destroyed two police cars in Trenton. Okay, again, who's running that, who's running that state? Democrat. Democrat. Democrat, you see, that's where you see, all, that's, where all, that's where all the chaos is in the democratic states 
when you either have the Democratic governors in place and the Democratic mayors in place of the cities. It's just crazy to think about, but you don't see a rep, uh, any type of uh, continued craziness to even get worse and worse before the election. You expect it, don't you? More and more violence in those Democratic yeah. cities. Where, who, where's, where's the money that goes into Black Lives Matter going? It's going to the Democratic Party. That's yeah. been proven. Right. I mean, it's not Trump supporters that are causing all the chaos in the cities. Mm -hmm. it's not, that's not who's doing it. it, it it's, doing, it, it it's being caused. This is, in my mind, first of all, you got to have some clarity on what happened with George Floyd. He was intentionally murdered by that cop. Not because he was black, no. but because he was involved in the same conspiracy to, to make um, counterfeit money. And the state of Minnesota did an investigation. They charged him with tax evasion in the state because he had all this money. They didn't know where it came from. He was involved. He was told to take George Floyd out so that George Floyd would not spill the beans. But what about the one with the seven shots to the back in Kenosha? Oh, the guy, the kid that got yeah. shot seven times. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that. Um, he he was he was he was about to be arrested for um, uh, sexual abuse violations, and he had a criminal history. And he fought with the police, and he told the cops he had a gun in the car. So when he went to run to get his gun, they shot him. So it's not like when is that going to come out that it was a gun in this car? Uh, well, I don't, well, see, here's, you gotta, you gotta, there's two things. First of all, I gotta verify there was a gun. He told the cops there was a gun in his car and he's gonna get it. Now, if you're a cop and someone tells you I got a gun in the car and I'm gonna go get it. And you tell him to stop and he won't. And, and, he, and he won't. And then he reaches into the car. How long are you gonna wait before you take him out? Now, do we need to come up with, because of this process that's happening, something where you could, uh, injure them where it's not in the back and it's the legs or something or shooting people in other spots now because of what's happening? I mean, you have a couple of options. The, pro the problem with non-lethal force sometimes is cops end up getting killed. Cops that have used mace or tear gas instead of their weapon, it's an irritant and they'll still be overcome by an attacker with a knife or a weapon. They need to come up with a way to stun somebody to a point where they wouldn't have to use that deadly force. Yeah, they should have probably tasered him, but again, they had their guns out already. They're in the process of making an arrest. He, you know, when somebody states, I have a gun in the car and I'm getting it, and goes to the car and reaches into the car, you got a few seconds. I mean, yeah, if they would have tased them, that would have been a lot better in hindsight, but when you're in oh, the moment, yes, exactly. and I, as a law enforcement officer myself, I've been in those situations where people are telling you they're going to kill you, you know, and you're going to, you're going to do what it takes to take out that threat. I mean, in the case I was in, I was very fortunate once the weapon came out, right. the person retreated. So, but, but in this case, you know, we weren't there. We don't know all the information, but that's my understanding of what happened. And if that's true, it, it's you're gonna have you're gonna have a hard time convicting the police because the guy knew he was under arrest. He fought with the police. He struggled with the police. He was trying to get away. He he told them there was a weapon in the car. <laughs> I mean, the, the the easiest way not to have a problem with law enforcement is just to cooperate. Exactly. So, the, but that's where law and order 
if the decisions are made. But so I guess, you know, not using lethal force, they got to figure out a way in this situation. And will they get off these police officers? Because where's the proof that he said there was a gun in the car? That'll all go in and try. It'll, it'll be on the body cam. Oh, okay. So recorded by the body. Use the body cam and that, and then you end the whole violence in Kenosha yeah. by saying he said I had a gun. Yeah. Why don't they do that? I don't know. That could it could be for political reasons. Right. Because as soon as they do it, then all of a sudden there's no reason for these people to. to and then it takes and then it ends that and ends it completely. So it wouldn't have happened during Trump's week. So right. it's like they found an area, found uh, something that was between the lines, and then that's we bring the whole protesting slash violence group to that area because that's the new hotbed to cover, and that takes away from President Trump's uh, and the Republican National Convention. Perfect right. timing. Because you're going to find a be fine line between the right thing a police officer has done and then not thing. And then if you figure out the right spin on things, you run it and go and go with the flow and uh, do that. But it's going to backfire. And they didn't know that would backfire on them. They were hoping continually to show police violence towards blacks will hurt Trump at the election. Now they're seeing that's not the case, but it's too hard to call off the proverbial people that are far, far left from stopping this from happening because it's going to hurt Biden in the long run. Right, because in both of these cases, it, it could, especially the George Floyd case, yes. it, it, they should have they should have revealed the fact that they were both they they they, came, they they revealed that they knew each other, but they never revealed that they were involved in the in, the, in a conspiracy with to the to the counterfeiting. George Floyd, my understanding is he was told not to pass those bills. He did it anyway. And the cops came, this particular cop, Ch uh, Derek, Derek uh, Chevy, was, was involved. He was told to, to make sure he didn't talk. So he made sure he didn't talk by killing him. Now, that's totally wrong. He should do 100 years in jail. Um, but it wasn't because he was black. It was because they were involved in a conspiracy to, to, to manufacture and distribute counterfeit currency. Exactly. Wow. Again, we're talking here to Mike Velarde here on the Mike Velarde show. And I just, I mean, so those are areas, but you're saying that the numbers, the polls, all that's going to be spinned till the election. Well, let's say President Trump wins. Do you mm -hmm. think they'll be riding? Do you think uh, they'll be? Yeah. I, I, think, I think President Trump is going to win in a big way for two reasons. One, I think we have a silent majority. Mm-hmm. And secondly, a, a state like New York could flip now because so many people, well, you got to remember, upstate New York is all Republican. It's downstate where all the Democrats are. Right. Four out of those five boroughs. Even Staten Island is pretty much Republican. So now that everybody's fleeing Manhattan, getting out of the city, you're going to have a lot less Democrats voting in November in New York City. A lot less, hundreds of thousands less. And that could make the difference and flip the state. Wow. Okay. So that's the update there. Let's talk now your election. Uh, the primary still not finally, uh, Loomer is not considered the winner yet, still. We're in well, a she's considered the winner, but my understanding from Reba, um, who was also another candidate, is that there was some allegations of ballot 
uh, stuffing and they're going to do a recount this week and check the ballots to make sure that the votes were legitimate and there weren't any. Because they, the, the, the supervisor of election, they sent out ballots. I, I got five ballots here from people that haven't been here in eight years. Mm. Okay. So um, some of those ballots might have been harvested. Who knows? So they're going to be checked. So we'll see. Uh, Reba's lawsuit, haven't heard anything about that yet, but I don't think the judge is going to overturn the election based on her lawsuit at this point in time. So. And then when you think about Laura Loomer, the the really ridiculous thing is this uh, process where she's being now attacked by the mainstream media as too far extreme, which you've talked about before, and all these different things. It's going to hurt her in the general election anyways. She needs to drop out because of that. Well, honestly, I feel bad for Laura. Uh, she's, she's 27 years old. She was suicidal a couple of years ago. She uh-huh. said that in a, an interview. Um, I don't think to put her, you know, under this immense pressure is fair to anybody. Um, she hasn't held positions of responsibility. I mean, she was an investigative journalist. She's just shortly out of college. I mean, she, she doesn't have any real experience. She really shouldn't have taken on this other than to, to fester her ego maybe and make herself a nationally known figure more so than she already is. But I don't think I mean, you got to realize 58% of the Republicans voted against her and 80% of the Democrats voted for her, uh, uh, Lois Franco. And Lois Franco got over 75,000 votes and Laura got 14. So when you do that math, okay, um, I, don't, I don't see how she could, she could win without having won a majority of the Republican vote. She didn't win a majority of the Republican vote. And... She's going up a Democrat against a Democrat that got eighty percent of the Democratic vote in her primary. Wow! So definitely look at those things. But again, with Laura Loomer, if we talk about specific things, you feel that now she's being unfairly attacked in the media. Well, I, I, I think it's unfair for her. I don't think she's going to be, be. I mean, she's going to be. She's like an easy target because she doesn't have the the background. She doesn't have the experience. She's never had positions of responsibility. I mean, and they, they're going to they're gonna hype all over the fact that she's banned from Uber, but, you know, her stance on Islam. They're going to just keep hitting her and beating her up on it. And I think it puts, I think it's, it puts her in a, you know, it's going to be very, very tough for her to deal with that. Very tough. She might have been doing that just to get a stance, like that 9-11 never happened. And, uh, I mean, these kind of allegations that are out there, I mean, who knows are true or not, are QAnon that she supports QAnon when again, we know the organization has conspiracy ties uh, and Trump did not endorse it. Like they said, if you listen to it, he just said, Hey, likes people that like him. It doesn't matter who it is. Well, they're good. He's not going to talk bad about supporters, which could be hurt or hinder him. But again, QAnon's a little kind of out of, out, out, out left field, but people that are supporting QAnon really don't know who QAnon is. So there's just so much going on right now because there's so much fear. There's so much fear if Biden wins this election, what will happen to the country? And people will try to grab anything they can to, to help them through this process to say, come on now, right? Well, I mean, listen, Biden, win. here's the difference. This is what I tell people. This is how simple it is. Donald Trump, $2 gasoline. 
Biden $5 gasoline, maybe $7 gasoline. Okay, because what once he signs on to that, that uh, new green deal, that means they're going to stop drilling, offshore drilling. They're going to no more fracking. We're going to go back to being dependent on Saudi oil. And now we're independent from Saudi oil. Correct. Okay, so, so what's going to happen is <laughs> everybody's going to be forced out of fossil fuels. And because everything in, in any store you go to has to be transported there. That means you can either truck to drive it there. So the cost of everything is going to go up super high. And then he wants a $15 minimum wage, which right. means when you go to McDonald's, you're going to get a $40 bill instead of a $20 bill. So yes, a lot, lot going on. So we'll find out specifically what Every happens election day. The last thing to talk about is COVID-19 and the numbers now coming out in COVID-19 that how many deaths were related to pre-existing conditions that were not publicized before. It's still quiet, but it's something to talk about. Yeah, I, I think they, 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 they're blowing up this, uh, this uh, thing because you got to realize when you, when you look at Donald Trump's presidency from the time he got in office, they've been going after this guy. The Mueller probe, okay, they knew they had nothing when they started it. They kept that going for a couple of years. As soon as they were done with the Mueller probe, what do they move to impeachment? When impeachment's not over a couple of weeks and all of a sudden we got a pandemic coming. Because they could not beat Trump based on the economy. He had the lowest black unemployment, the lowest unemployment for women. He had the highest stock market, low inflation, $2 gasoline. How are you going to win that battle? You're not going to. You're not going to win. So what did they do? They This pandemic came out and um, my sources, some people I know uh, who work in various three-letter agencies inside the government said that this is something that was done by China. China can't stand having Trump as president. He's costing China billions and billions of dollars. So they had a vested interest in making sure that Biden wins. So all those things are on the table. You believe Trump's going to win, even yeah. though some Republicans have turned their back on Trump, or you yeah. feel that they're rhinos and there were not that many, but they're saying more and more Republicans are turning their back on him. But you feel that that doesn't matter. The people will come that were Democrats and it'll even itself out. Well, look, look at the people that have turned their back on Trump. Kasich, no. Romney, right? Yeah. Uh, Kate, Kasich and Trump... Uh, when they were running for president. Um, my understanding, there was a deal. There was Kasich, Ted Cruz, and Trump. Somebody brokered a deal where Cruz and uh, Trump agreed to raise money jointly, and Kasich didn't want any part of it. And he got burned. He ended up getting knocked out of the presidential election, and it came down to Cruz and, and Trump. And then Trump ultimately won, of course. Um, so there's bad blood, and there's bad blood with Romney because Romney didn't want Trump, and he was going to throw his money behind Cruz. And at that meeting, Trump got all pissed off and said, okay, you throw your money there, and I'll throw my money behind me, and let's see what happens. And they have been enemies since. I mean, so, so all these people have had some sort of axe to grind with him and have 
you know, move to the other side, so to speak. I mean, look what Romney did at the impeachment thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was, that was deplorable, you know. Yeah. I mean, he knew darn well that, that uh, Trump was being set up from the beginning. But they want their back to their days in Republican words, just a handshake with the Democrat to get what's best for their area of the country and play the game that they're really against the Democrats when they're not. And that's what a Rhino Republican does is basically work with the Democrats in a way that compromises, but never looks at the, the ideals of what a Republican is. And if they see Donald Trump, who's not doing that. And so a lot of big things coming. I, I, next couple of weeks, we'll be talking on the Mike Flaherty show, amazing guests to come, but a great update. Hopefully we hear the good news that maybe you finish second after the recount. Or you never know what, what happens. Because, again, if they go by CBS's numbers, you've won. So <laughs> the winner will be Mike Lardy. So we'll have to see with this recount. I think you need to show up at every one of the recounts, go on Twitter, and say, you know, and find out if what happens in each precinct in in, in Palm Beach. So I appreciate you coming by, Mike. It's always a great Mike Velarde show. And we'll talk again. Again, your book. Yeah, my book, you got to get it. The time of his coming, Mike Velarde books. I mean, this is, we're watching what I wrote about come to pass. Um, as we see the, the chaos in the streets. Um, I did write about it. You know, this book has been out a year now. And uh, it's very timely. The time of his coming, the final chapter. So please, please get it. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble Books. But it's it's definitely worth the read. Well, thanks again, and that everyone who checks that out, and uh, also then and again, uh, winning tax solutions. You're going to need it, especially yeah. the money that's going to be taken out of payroll tax. Do not spend it as a yeah. stimulus. Save it. For a rainy day, if you have something that you need it to pay rent, yes, if you need it to do something, if you have an emergency like uh, an oven breaking, like myself, use it. But no, you're gonna spend, you're gonna have to pay it unless Trump wins, then you won't have to pay it. So there you go. That's another big thing they need to push out uh, unless a stimulus comes out because there's a stimulus definitely needed for certain sectors of the country, the lot, but <laughs> other sectors not. We found out certain things can function without certain things, and that and that is because of what President Trump was able to do. If Canada's tripled right now, people need to talk about the areas that have been shut down. Canada can't even do business right now. And so you look at other countries that have shut down and what has happened to the economy and how it's hurt so many businesses. Hey, you know, at least we keep going and we'll see what happens. Schools open up, all that. Right, no, exactly. Okay. Well, All right, Mike. Good talk. We'll talk soon. All right, back in, everyone. That was the Mike Velarde Show. We're back to the Neil Haley Show in the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Jesse Graff of American Ninja Warrior and the Titan Games. Jesse, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So tell me the difference, first of all, the obstacles regarding Titan Games versus American Ninja Warrior. What's the difference in like the types of uh, challenges in your opinion physically that you have to mm -hmm. deal with? Yeah, well, both of them will push you to your limits, but Ninja Warrior is very um, 
upper body grip strength. It's moving your own body through the environment in the most efficient way possible. Swinging, climbing, jumping, leaping, agility. Titan Games is much more grounded. Um, you're lifting and moving other objects around you. So I had to change a lot of my strength training to, to build that type of muscle. But you're also going head-to-head -head against an opponent. So even if you feel like you're pushing to your limits, on Ninja Warrior, you hit that limit and you fall in the water and it's over. And on Titan Games, you hit that limit and you just have to keep fighting and gritting it out and there's another person right next to you. So even if you're giving your all, you have to find that deeper level and keep fighting and fight harder. And through that, you're able to go beyond the limit that you thought you had. So that, that was uh, pretty exciting to do. How inspired were you that The Rock asked you to be one of the celebrity stars on the show, to be one of the celebrity <laughs> athletes? I was, I was so honored, especially because this was a type of challenge that I didn't think I would be good at. And so to be selected was like, wow, if, if he has this kind of faith in me, maybe I'm capable of more than I thought. And that's, that's something that I always want to push and pursue. And so the fact that I felt like this was a challenge that I might not be capable of was something where I really wanted to prove myself wrong and to change my training and see if it's a translation that I could make. And the strength that I've gained and the new abilities from pushing myself in a different way have been so empowering. And to see how strong these other competitors are from training in this, this type of way has been, it's opened my eyes to how much more is possible. And it's something that I want to continue to take with me in the rest of my training. And what do you feel the competitors that are not known, but are very talented that you have to compete against? You're not taking them lightly, are you? Oh, no, no, they are incredible. They, they've really opened my, my eyes to what's possible. Um, but yeah, I think it's so cool that they are, a lot of them have like normal everyday jobs. You wouldn't necessarily know what they're capable of, but with that, they're able to balance a crazy amount of training and go so far beyond what we think of as possible and, and really show America that like you can do both. You can, you can be an amazing athlete and have an everyday job. And it was really inspiring to see how much they're capable of. Well, everyone needs to be inspired, especially after the pandemic, slowly but surely. But everyone needs to be inspired by people like Jesse Graff. Tune in to the Titan Games Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC. And I appreciate it, uh, Jesse, for you stopping by. You're inspiring, and everyone needs to get that mode to get in shape. And you're one of those people that you inspire so many women and girls and everyone for your amazing feats. So I appreciate you calling. Oh. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take care, Jesse. See ya. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. You'll listen to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment.